to the Wednesday, September 23rd edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Back at it again with another podcast. Couldn't record on Monday because I was out of town, but that's not going to stop me giving out two episodes a week. We're here on a Wednesday. Lots of great NBA basketball. Cannot wait to get into it. Today we're going to be talking about, obviously, the two conference final series. We're going to talk about a new coach in Chicago, and we're also going to be talking about the league MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. So yeah, action-filled show today, and I'm very excited to get into these topics. But obviously, before we get into those topics, I'm going to have to do some plugging. Remember to please follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. If you're watching this on YouTube, remember to like, share, and subscribe. That would be very much appreciated. If you're on any of the good old podcast networks, Podbean, download, like, share, That'd be very much appreciated. And on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And remember, we're on Anchor and on Spotify as well. So lots of different places where you can find me. And all those links, if you're on um, YouTube, can be found in the description. If you um, are listening to this on any of the podcast networks, I have my link tree in my description as well. So yeah, that is all the housekeeping that we have to do, I believe. Yeah, I believe that's all we have to do. So, I can't wait to do this. Let's get right into this podcast. And the first topic we're going to be discussing is the series between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. Lots to unpack here. There have been three games. Um, there have been two games happening since I last talked to you guys. So, let's get right into it. Actually, no. Has it been two? No, three games. Because, yeah, I did my prediction last podcast. So, let's talk about the series in general. We go into game one, the Lakers just came out looking better than the whole Denver Nuggets team. They won that game um, 126-114, and even though it was only a 12-point win, it felt honestly like a lot more. The Denver Nuggets could not get anything going in this game. It looked really good in the first quarter. I mean, they got out to the 38-36 um, lead, but in the second quarter came around, they could not get anything. I mean, I talked about this in my, in my daily recap on Saturday. They just couldn't, like, they kept fouling, and the the Lakers were just the more aggressive team throughout this entire game, and that's what led them to that massive lead, and it just, like, between that second and third quarter, they were outscored, like, 67 to 41. You're not coming back from that, especially against this um, Lakers team who is experienced, not together, but they have so much experience on their team, and they have guys that just know how to get it done. Like, you got people like Rajon Rondo in this game, 7 points, 9 assists. Howard chipping in 13 points. KCP with 18 points in this game. Like, LeBron didn't even have a great game, 15, 6, and 12. That's kind of pedestrian for him. But um, they were just able to get out out with the victory because they just had so many contributors. And, I mean, this is the first game one they won in this playoff. So, you know, that was a good win for the Lakers. Game 2, on the other hand, was a lot more interesting. Um, the Nuggets, um, came out here a lot more focused and, and honestly, like this game kind of felt like more along the lines of what was going on with the Clippers series because, um, they were down by 10 at halftime and when the second, um, half came around, the Nuggets started to find their offense. And a lot of that had to do with, um, Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray once again. Nicole Jokic kind of struggled in this game, but in that fourth quarter... He looked absolutely unstoppable. 
And people like Jamal Murray um, helped out a little bit. Michael Porter chipped off 15 points off the bench. It really looked like they were on their way to a victory. And with the Lakers, I mean, they weren't just getting, like, the type of performances that they were getting in the first game. Sure, Danny Green hit, um, got 11 points. Sure, Casey Piggy got 11. But this game, it was literally a tale of two halves for the Lakers. The first half, LeBron was just absolutely on fire. This guy was, like, hitting shot after shot. Scored 20 of his 26 points in that quarter. And then the second half... It was all Anthony Davis because LeBron just didn't look as poised. If you look at that fourth quarter, he only scored um, four points in that fourth quarter, two for nine shooting, I believe, and he just wasn't like he just didn't look like in the like LeBron that we're used to seeing. And Anthony Davis, on the other hand, did not have much contributions in the first half. Second half, he was absolutely amazing. Um, that battle between him and Jokic in that final four minutes was absolutely crazy. It was just like it, it not it, it felt like a '90s like you know playoff matchup you know with all the big men that they had in the '90s like it felt like David Robinson Hakeem esque but the thing was this had more finesse like Nikola Jokic one of the most skilled big men in today's game Anthony Davis with that smooth jumper and all that this looked like a very like old school type of battle except with the 2020 flavor to it with the finesse and this whole game. A compass into that, um, into that um, final like thirty seconds in which um, Nikola Jokic absolutely firstly he schools Anthony Davis in the post. I shouldn't forget finesse. This was a typical '90s play where Nikola Jokic demands the ball, gets it over to Anthony Davis, and just backs him down, backs him down, backs him down until he got literally underneath the basket and hit a simple jump hook. I never seen really Anthony Davis get bullied like that. It was kind of crazy to see, and it, it gave the Nuggets a one point lead um, with I believe twenty seconds left. Then the Lakers tried running their offense. It did not look good whatsoever, and the Nuggets um, played good defense for eighteen straight seconds and were able to, um, you know, force the ball out of bounds. And with two seconds left, you know, they got the defensive lineup in. This looked like to be the game because they played some good defense in that final few minutes. And it looked like, you know, two seconds left. Just try, like, just get it out of the hands of LeBron. Get it out of the hands of AD. That should have been the plan. But no, Mason Plumlee guarding Anthony Davis. Um, he kind of did this in, like, the... I, there was this clip I'm surf, um, surfacing on Twitter. He kind of did the same thing when Kyle Kuzma hit the game winner um, during the um, seeding games. Like, he was on Kyle Kuzma, then when Anthony Davis was kind of curling to the um, left wing, he he asked the guy who was on LeBron to switch instead of fighting over the screen. Like, he did this with the Kuzma play as well. And Anthony Davis got a decent look at the... I, uh, it, was, it wasn't even, like, that good because Jokic had his hand right up in his face, but he hit it. That was a crazy game winner. He even said, like, you could tell after the game, like, like when he was about to celebrate with the bench, he yelled, Kobe... Such a great moment. I mean, it looked smooth as hell. And it, that's what, like, that was a crazy way to end game two. And honestly, that was highly demoralizing for this Nuggets team because imagine you played, like, as like great basketball throughout this game. And you have to, like, it just always sucks losing it on, like, a last minute shot. And this is the first time being 2 0 down in the series. And it really did look like um, Nuggets were kind of dead in the water after that. It seemed like, like, it felt like one of those plays, kind of like a LeBron in over over Toronto, um, hitting that shot over OG a couple years ago. It felt like one of those type of shots to 
kind of put the series to bed because, like, you know, Nuggets gave it their best effort, and they just weren't able to pull it out. Hell of a shot from Anthony Davis, but it just felt like that. And the Lakers took a 2-0 lead from that um, point on. No game the next day, so um, they basically um, got to watch two Lakers-Nuggets games in the span of three days. And in this game, the Nuggets, you know, they could have hung their heads. They could have, you know, kind of sobbed about, you know, losing, saying, oh, we should have won and all that. But they um, but they used that to motivate them to win this next game. And they won 114-106 to win game three and make it a series again. This was a good, honestly, all-around effort from the Denver Nuggets. You have three guys scoring over 20 points. Most notably, freaking Jeremy Grant. Yes, you heard it right. Jeremy Grant with 26 points. I believe over 10 points in that third quarter where he was hitting threes, attacking the paint, getting to the free throw line. This guy was just absolutely fantastic in this. He played like, honestly, he played just phenomenal. And he was a big reason as to why they were able to win this game. Because LeBron and AD, I mean, they put up their good performances. I mean, LeBron, a 30-point triple-double. Anthony Davis, 27 points. Only two rebounds. And I want to tell you this because I found this stat extremely interesting because in the, on the broadcast yesterday, they were talking about how Anthony Davis got his first rebound with, I believe, like six or five minutes left in the fourth quarter. I had to look, and I'm like, I, I don't even remember, like, Dwight or JaVale getting a rebound either. So I had to check. Their three big men rotation at center of Davis, um, Howard, and McGee had to combine four rebounds. Like, really, they did. And the funny thing is, Jamal Murray had a near triple-double, and he had, like, double the amount of rebounds they did. Like, that was absolutely crazy. And seeing, like, the just the Lakers being out-rebound in this, um, in this situation, but um, 44-25, to 25, kind of odd. I mean, the, the Nuggets really did have, like, control for most of this game. Murray was fantastic. Nicole Jokic um, had a really good first quarter, which really set the tone for them. Like I said, Jeremy Grant was fantastic in the second half. And even something like Monty Morris. And Monty Morris, like, has been their backup point guard for the last two years. People thought it was going to be Isaiah Thomas being their backup next last year. But Monty Morris really took that spot with just his consistent, like, effort level of play. And he had kind of had a breakout game here, too. I mean, 14 points. This guy was just, like, hitting bucket after bucket, like, when they needed to as well. Like, he was that guy to kind of, like, just continue on the momentum. Whether it's, like, those mid-range jumpers he always takes, which he seems to be cash with. Or even, like, threes in the corner, which he hit two in that game. So, a good all-around effort from the Nuggets. And, you know, the Lakers, honestly, look tired. Um, Anthony Davis, there were a lot of plays where... Um, like, you know, he would have played good defense, like initial defense on one end. And he just didn't have the effort to get like, the, the second bounce that he were so accustomed to seeing from him to, um, you know, get the second chance opportunity and all that. I mean, like I said, two rebounds. That's that's very odd for an Anthony Davis caliber player. And LeBron, you know, he really did, like, put in, like, big effort in this game. 30-point triple-double. He was hitting shots at the um, at the beginning of the third, especially. Like, you thought that the tide was going to turn with the Lakers. But the biggest thing from this game is that the Nuggets were just able to counteract the punches from the Lakers. I mean, they came out, like, really sloppy at the beginning of that second half. And from that point on, I mean, that's when the Nuggets finally locked down and was trying to contribute a lot to the offense. And it got to the point where they made it a 20-point game at, at the end of the third quarter. Like like I said, Jeremy Grant getting to the free throw line, Monty Morris hitting the shots. Like It was a collective team effort, and that was a big reason why they were able to win this game. And like I said, I mean, the Lakers were always going to have a counter punch to whatever the Nuggets were doing. 
And that came huge in the fourth quarter because they started off that quarter with like a 20 to 3 run or something like that. And the Lakers, with like honestly, like in just under six minutes, got down to a three point game. And it was very worrisome because I'm like, oh my gosh, man, these Nuggets, like, like, are they going to have like one last, you know, counteract punch in them? Because it looked like all the momentum was on the Lakers' side. But the final five minutes, they were able to lock down. And the, one of the big reasons why they were able to kind of like put this game out of reach was freaking Jamal Murray. Like, this guy was hitting like crazy shot after crazy shot in that final five minutes. Most notably, I mean, the two threes he hit. One where he was kind of just dribbling around, just trying to find an open space. Turns around, hits a jumper in Rondo's face. And then obviously, that crazy three-pointer, like 30 feet from the basket in the eyes of Anthony Davis. Like, Jamal Murray, that was his freaking fourth quarter. That nasty jam as well, that nasty tomahawk. And he hit also like, a crazy mid-ranger too. Like He had like 10 points in that fourth period. And he was just absolutely fantastic in this game like i said near triple double and he was a huge reason why they were able to close it out and the nuggets have made it a series again um obviously like they were like i mean i knew that they were gonna at least win one game because they're just that type of a team but you know the lakers kind of look tired um they're gonna need some more help from other guys i mean kyle kuzma was just absolutely hurt. like he was good in this game 11 points but he really like took some questionable shots as well so you're gonna have to look out for that but besides that i mean the nuggets good bounce back game and like i said they could have folded they really could have but they were able to bounce back and win that game too so sorry game three and now it's becoming a series um the next game is tomorrow night gonna be very excited to see if the nuggets are gonna be able to replicate that type of performance or are the lakers gonna continue to be the lakers and just find ways to um kind of like win it but maybe the lakers don't want to win it do you really want to put the Nuggets in a 3-1 situation? Yes. Yes, you do. But at the same time, they've they've come back twice already this year. I mean, it could be a superstitious thing, but who knows. But, yeah, it's been a pretty good series so far. Let's hope that it will continue. Now we're going to go to the next, seri- um, the next series. And this one's not going to take us long because I only missed out on talking about one of the games. But the Boston Celtics versus the Miami Heat. Um, last time we talked, there was a 2-0 series lead for Miami. They looked like they had all the momentum. I, um, I quickly talked about how there was like that whole issue in the locker room after the game where Marcus Mar was yelling. More details have come out after that. Um, it was a lot of with, between him and Jalen Brown. They had to be separated. And it got to the point that Brad Stevens had to call a late night meeting to talk with like, you know, the leaders of this team. Most notably, you know, Kemba, Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. You know, let the air out and, and like find ways how we can like, um, how they can, you know, bounce back in game three and find a way to win. So, yeah, after the whole dust-up, they were able to play on Saturday's game. And Boston, I mean, the biggest story of the year was just putting pressure on Miami because they won that game three, 117-106. Um, and honestly, convincing fashion. The Boston Celtics played really good in this game. And the biggest reason for that was they were just getting to the paint at will against the against the Heat, and they let it be known from the first quarter, and they just didn't didn't stop. I mean, the discrepancy, 60 points in the paint for Boston compared to 36 for Miami. Like, they were just attacking the basket, and they were just so relentless with it. It was very, very fun to watch. And it was like a good, like I said, all-around effort. Four points, four players on the Celtics scored over 20 points that game. Tatum, Brown, Walker, Smart. Like I said, 
they were able to bounce back and they combined for over for over 90 points in this game. Absolutely crazy. I believe it was a total of 92 with just those four players. Very very good game from them and they were they I believe won this wire to wire as well. And it was a good win for them as well. I mean, the Heat couldn't really get things going. I mean, they're two guys which have been um, masked for them all playoff long. Jimmy Butler really didn't put his imprint on the game. And Goran Dragic, probably his worst game in the playoffs, 11 points, 5 assists on 2 for 10 shooting. Kind of rough game, but, you know, they got some good contributions from Tyler Hero off the bench. Duncan Robinson was hitting threes. Bam um, was fantastic in this game as well. But it wasn't enough. Six guys in over double figures, but, I mean, the two guys really didn't, I couldn't really get it going in this game. And the Heat, I mean, if you're the Celtics, you got to be kind of concerned with the um, play in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter because um, listening to No Dunks, I believe, a few days ago, they put it best when they said that the um, in, in, in football, they're like, um, they usually play this thing called prevent defense, like, especially like to kind of um, prevent the Hail Mary throughout the end of the game. And what the um, Celtics did here was just play prevent offense. And what I mean by that is that they would just dribble, basically dribble the ball out for like t- the whole 24-second shot clock and just throw up some BS at the end of it. Um, and it didn't matter if it went in or not. Just They just want the clock to tick and tick, tick away. And it obviously has some good features about it, but that's just not a sustainable way to win these games. Honestly, like... Just get into the flow of your offense. Sure, there could be an occasional turnover or two, but it's probably better than the, than that than whatever they were throwing up at the end of that fourth quarter. But luckily enough, you know the the Heat really didn't have any of their guys going, and the Celtics were just able to pull it out. I mean, they created a big enough margin, so that really didn't matter. So that was a good game from them. And before we move on, you know, to like the other two topics, we always have to we have to go talk we have to talk about Gordon Hayward because. I, I haven't talked about him here yet. Um, six points in that game. And if you look at the box score, I mean, six points, five rebounds, four assists. And I'm going to, like, dedicate the section to him. I mean, what did he do? Well, if you watch the game, I mean, this guy was instrumental, honestly. He just adds a whole new dimension to that um, death lineup that the Celtics are throwing out. You know, the four guys and Gordon Hayward, who came off the bench in this game, you know, 30 minutes. And he was just great. He just added a different flow to this offense. Um... A lot of these guys are not like natural born playmakers, and Goran Hayward, that was like one of his traits when um, the Celtics want to sign him. And four assists in this game, I mean, he just added that extra flow to the offense. And although they still kind of struggled with that zone defense, they with Gordon Hayward on the court, it just it was just it's just nice to have another ball handler, another guy to kind of um, stretch the floor and just know what he's doing with the basketball. Like that's an extreme luxury to have someone of Gordon Hayward's caliber to come off your bench. And, like I said, adds a whole new dimension to the Celtics team, which um, they were missing. I mean, Tice um, was getting bodied by Bam this entire series. And and Gordon Hayward comes in and kind of, you know, slows things down. And he was able just to hit shots when he needed to. I mean, he hit a three in this game. He got a nice little mid-ranger to start off. Very good give from him. Even though the stats don't show it, he played an exceptional game here. And... Was a big part of that win, to be completely honest. So it's good to see Gordon Hayward back after missing those five weeks with a sprained ankle. And reports are coming out after this game saying that um Gordon Hayward, um obviously he said before the um, bubble that 
Um, he was expect. We all knew, like a lot of NBA fans knew, that he was expecting a baby girl, his fourth child. And because of the last five weeks, he was able to go back to Boston, spend time with his family. Him and his wife agreed that he's not going to be. Um, he that he, um, he should be focusing on um, winning a championship, and that he will not be. Um, he's kind of going back on his word and saying that he will actually. Um, you know, he won't leave even if his um, daughter is born. I mean, say what you want, but I mean, he he gave his reasons. And that's completely fair. Um, they were going for a championship. Let's see if they're going to be able to do it with, you know, Gordon Hayward. But I said, game four is tonight. It's going to be extremely interesting how to see how this one goes. But, you know, the, the Celtics are starting to finally look like themselves. Obviously, they need to clean up some fourth quarter things, but it's looking good right now. So, good one for the Celtics. Let's see if Miami's going to continue um, to um, can like bounce back from this and try to make this. Um, put the series out of reach by making it 3-1 tonight. But yeah, those are all the playoff stuff. Um, leave your uh, thoughts in the, description, uh, in the comment section below, whether it's here, whether it's Instagram, all that good stuff. It's been an absolutely fantastic playoffs, and let's just hope it continues from here. But we have two more topics before we end today's show. One of them being um, a new coach um, has been named in Chicago. Obviously, they fired Jim Boylan a few months ago. All Chicago fans were rejoicing. I mean, let's be honest. Whether you're a Chicago Bulls fan or an NBA fan, no one liked Jim Boylan. No one did. Um, I don't even think his own players liked him. I mean, Zach Levine has had some choice words for him in the past as well. And so they got rid of him. They brought in new management. Obviously, got rid of Gar Paxson and all that. Bring in um, one of the uh, front office members from the Denver Nuggets. And now they're, they finally found a new head coach. Um, Ex-Thunder head coach Billy Donovan has been named the coach of the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, Billy Donovan had a fantastic season with the um, Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, led them to the number five seed or number four or five seed in the in the West. He was um, a big part of um, trying to unlock that um, offense of Oklahoma City where a lot of people believed that they were going to win less than 30 games. And he got this team invested and was able to, you know, even take the Houston Rockets to seven games in that first round, which in a very, very entertaining series. Um, he's got a lot of flack over the past few years, but he finally showed like his true like, coaching potential in last and during this um, playoff run slash bubble run and just throughout the season. I mean, he is definitely worthy of being this coach. And what does he have going into this um, season? Um, he has Zach Levine, obviously. He has an, a few young, nice young talent and. Larry Markinen, um, Kobe White, Wendell Carter. It's a very different, um, very different, you know, from the Oklahoma City team he had. I don't, I don't know if he's gonna. There's no way he's gonna replicate that type of success. But they're growing something there in Chicago, and they need like a, a proven head coach like Billy Donovan to help um, go in there and just command respect. Um, Zach Levine said on the stream the other day too, like he's a really good coach and he's happy to have him on board. So I mean, he, I mean, hearing that from your number one guy is good, and hopefully they're going to be able to, you know, do some good things. Because you know the Chicago Bulls have been kind of a mess these last few years. They have some bright spots here and there, but at the same time, just overall, just not a great um, last couple of years for um, for the Bulls. Really have, hasn't been that successful since you know the Derrick Rose days. And they haven't won a championship since Jordan. So um, let's see if Billy Donovan's going to be able to, you know, unlock something in these guys and 
take them to that next level, which they're definitely hoping they should, that, um, which they're definitely hoping, you know, Billy will help them do. And Chicago fans, you know, I don't know, like, the whole like, consensus over this, but I believe they should be happy. I mean, they have someone who is um, proven, who has, who could do it um, with, like, you know, not initially good talent. And let's see if he's going to be able to do good in this. I mean, obviously there's no Chris Paul caliber player on this Chicago Bulls team, but he has some pieces. I mean, Larry Markkinen is probably going to get more touches, which is going to be great. Um, Zach Levine, hopefully he takes another big step this year in his career. He has some nice, you know, potential players with Kobe White. Um, obviously, they have a lottery pick coming up this year. They still have Wendell Carter on that team. There's some, you know, good pieces there. And hopefully, um, you know, the Bulls can kind of turn it around. I mean, it, I, I, I wish all success on all these NBA teams. And the Bulls have been locking that for, for quite a while now. So let's see if Billy Donovan is going to help change that. And now we're going to move on to the last topic of the show. And this happened, honestly, like this news, like, um, broke out. Literally, I think, like, th- like while I was editing, like, Friday's podcast, um, the MVP award has been announced. And unsurprisingly, a lot of people seem to be surprised. I don't know why there's so much debate over this. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, back-to-back MVPs. Um, so, uh, like I said, um, yeah, back-to-back MVPs. Also won Defensive Player of the Year. So only the third player in NBA history to do so. Um, with Alongside Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon. Giannis is one of those three players now to have won um, the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. And he's had a phenomenal year. I know a lot of people are going to point to the fact that, um, you know, he had a pretty bad bubble run slash playoff run and, you know, and, and all that type of stuff. But, man, you, you got if you just look at the stats, near 30 points a game, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 55% from the field, 30% from three. 60% of the line, we'll, we'll skip over that. Um, a steal and a block in the game. Um, best record in the league. Um, all-time great defense. And he is fully deserving of it. And I'm going to preach the same message, like I said, in the All-NBA teams. Remember, this was pre-bubble. This was um, from March 11th and before that. And a lot of people are saying, you know what, Braun still um, deserves it and all that. I mean... Giannis has just been a better player, plain and simple as that. Um, he he somehow got better after last year's MVP season, and for most of the season, the books looked like they were going to win seventy games if it weren't for the quarantine and all that. Um, obviously, I believe like near the end of that stretch, Giannis got injured and they kind of um, fell off that projection. But still, best record in the league. Honestly, statistically, the best player in the league. Um, honestly, I thought it was a no-brainer, and, and, you know, LeBron was not happy about it. He talked about it on Twitter. He said only 16 points for first-place votes. Okay, okay. I mean, he's keeping tabs on that. He even, um, expressed his, um, his dissatisfaction in an interview. And he said, you know, he probably thinks he should have won it. And obviously there's a case for LeBron. I mean, he, um, for the first time in his career, he led the league in assists with 11 um, assists a game, and, you know, he had just had a genuinely great season, and he showed why he should still be considered the best player in the league, and LeBron, you know, in here was talking all about narrative and all that, and all I have to say to that is, LeBron, if we were going based off narrative um, for this MVP award, you would have won it, 
Honestly, he had a better narrative than Giannis this year. 35-year-old, um, coming off uh, injury-riddled season, comes in here, leads the NBA in assists for the first time in his career, 25 points a game, um, and that whole thing. Like He had the narrative going into this and and all that. And Giannis really didn't have it. I mean, everyone expected the Bucks to be the first um, seed in the NBA. And Giannis just continued to get better, which... Um, we didn't really think it was going to be possible, but he played absolutely fantastic this year. And, I mean, obviously, like I said, there's a case for LeBron, but if you just look at the season as a whole, it, there's no doubt it should have been. It, it, it couldn't be anyone but Giannis, honestly. Um, very much deserved. I know LeBron is going to have his quarrels over it, but, you know, he said after the interview, you know, it's all fine. It's, it's I'm, I'm not going to, like, you know, it's not going to force me like not to sleep or anything. It's not going to keep me up at night. But, you know, I see a lot of people on Twitter like arguing that um, Giannis shouldn't be MVP. And, you know, you just got to remind them that, you know, this is stuff before the um, before the bubble and all that. And he clearly deserved to win it. If anything, you got to blame the NBA for picking right now to give out this award. Right here, right now. I mean, this could have all been avoided, honestly. All this, um, hur- like, all this hurrah about, you know, Giannis not... Um, deserving of this award or anything. This could have been all been awarded if you just gave it before the bubble happened. Honestly, if you just gave all these awards out before the bubble happened, you'd be like, okay, I understand, because we're still, like, fresh in our minds, like, the last time that basketball happened. But now that, like, we've seen, you know, Giannis struggle, the Bucks struggle, and seeing how good the Lakers have been in these playoffs, it really messes up because of recency bias. It really does. And... Honestly, you got to blame the NBA for that. That's why, like, all this All-NBA stuff, there was so much controversy and all that. But, you know, the NBA has got to, like, figure out how to do that better because this is there's a reason, like, this shouldn't really be much of a discussion, but it is. And, you know, congratulations to Giannis about that. Um, obviously, like I said, LeBron has a case, but this is Giannis' award. This is Giannis' award, and, you know, congratulations on back-to-back MVPs. And this is where I'm going to end today's podcast. Thank you guys for um, listening slash slash watch, watching. And before we, we sign out, I have to do, like, obviously, um, my little match at the end. Great basketball being hap- um, I'm happening over here. Um, but there's obviously still a lot um, of stuff happening in the world. Obviously, stay, sh- stay safe from the coronavirus. To all people listening from California, you know, pr- my prayers up to you. Hopefully, you... You guys are staying safe from those um, tragic fires that have been happening over there. And you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is still um, going strong. Um, they're going to be put to trial. Um, the killers of Breonna Taylor, which is great. And let's just hope, you know, through all the, you know, we have great basketball here, but it's all about trying to stay safe and trying to fight for these issues still. I mean, this stuff is bigger than basketball. Um, they, should, they still should um, deserve all... Um, a lot of our attention and just continue to learn about the stuff and help apply it to your everyday life. The general election is coming up for um, people listening in the U.S. Try to vote. It, it may not seem that your vote matters, but every vote matters. And if you want um, some like genuine change to happen, you're going to have to take it like every single person has to do their part. And voting is a part of it. So remember to make sure you're registered and hope and hopefully you know we can see some you know positive change going forward because even though the world seems grim you got to kind of like kind of look at the things that you need to improve on and just kind of build off that um 
try not to be as like um, try not to be super negative. I know it's gonna be definitely hard, but you have to try to you know come together through love, through um, affection, and through understanding with one another. And I think like that's kind of getting lost in the shuffle. But if we get that understanding from one another, we can help build off that and you know make this world a better place. So yeah, don't forget those things. Stay safe. And although it has been great basketball, we still need to help fight these type of issues. But this is where I'm going to end today's podcast. Thank you guys um, for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow with another recap to recap um, tonight's Eastern Conference Final matchup. And I'm going to be back on Friday with another pod to discuss these series. But yeah, thank you for taking your time out of your day. And I will be, I'll see you guys tomorrow. TV signing out. Peace.